you from last week to highlight some things, but also um, just add a couple of things from last week. So who was here last week? Who wasn't here last week? Ooh. So my, my thing is you should go onto our website or our church app or Spotify or iTunes. We're on those four things. Website, church app. If you haven't got our church app, just go to Google or Apple and type in Restoration Centres International. You'll have an app. It'll download. Uh, go into iTunes. Go into Spotify um, and have a listen to what I spoke about last week because some of today may not make sense if you weren't here. That'd be good. So, Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you, God, that as we are positioned before you, God, you continue to lead us on. There is more ground to take. There are more souls to see saved. There are more families that need reconciliation. There are more people that need healing. There are others that need deliverance. God, you lead us on. Lord, we want to thank you that you are leading us on. So we continue to pray that you would position us, O oh God. Position us. Position us. God, we want to be available. Lord, we don't want to just be a, a nice, well-organized church. We want to be a spirit-filled, love-filled, fire-filled bunch of people that see your kingdom come and your will be done in this land. Amen? Just shake us, God. Stir us. Lord, out of our comfort zones that we would live for you more and more and more. Amen? So this morning I want to, um, as I was praying this week, I was reminded of a prophetic word that was given 25 years ago. And the reason that I remember the prophetic word that was given 25 years ago is because it resonated with me. And you know when something resonates with you, you, you tend to just hold on to it easier, whereas if it's just not, it just kind of passes through. Well, this one really resonated with me. And so because it resonated with me, it stayed with me ever since. And it was about the Day of the Saints. But I want to take it another step further this morning and put the dimension of family into it. But it was about the Day of the Saints, because if we, if we study history, we study revivals, we'll see that, you know, that there was a figurehead. There was Evan Roberts. There were, there were some moves where there wasn't, but most of them took a figurehead to actually be the one that saw the breakthrough and, you know, people remember these people's names. And even today, we have this culture where we almost have a celebrity Christianity where people know certain people by name. They might know them by relationship, but they know them by name. And they, you know, but they want to follow them online. They want to follow them on YouTube. They want to follow this. They want to go there. If they're nearby with a conference and stuff, they want to go there. That's all well and good. But the prophetic word was about this, that this, this move of God was about the Day of the Saints. It was not about one person. It was not even about two people. It was about the saints. Amen? It was about leaders recognizing that it wasn't about them, but what it was about was, was, was encouraging people to stand and arise and shine for Jesus. It was about the saints ministering. It wasn't about one man ministering. It wasn't about one woman ministering. It was about the saints ministering. Amen? And did you know that if you've given your life to Jesus that you're a saint? When Paul wrote a book to the church in Ephesus or Philippi or whoever, he'd go to the saints in Ephesus. 
So if you've given your life to Jesus, you're a saint. So you know what? This means it's about you. This is about every person who's called upon the name of the Lord. This is the day of the saints. And I really believe in my spirit that God is encouraging people that this is the day of the saints. But you know what? We have to respond to God and we have to answer. You know, when God calls, we need to answer. Amen? We can't just sit in our seats and go, I'll leave it to someone else. And, you know, as I've been praying this week, my heart has been stirred and stirred and stirred more because, you know what? We have to keep moving forward. We have to keep, you know, extending territory. We have to keep growing. As soon as we think like we know it or we've got it and we sit down, we're actually going backwards. There is no stationary position. You're either growing or you're losing traction. And I want to encourage you this morning, and the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you this morning, that that we are in a time because it is about the day of the saints. It is about you understanding that you are spirit-filled, that you are anointed, that you are graced, and that God has a purpose for you, and He has called you to be salt, He's called you to be light, He's called you to be His kingdom ambassadors, and it's not a, you know, and, and, and that's the way it's going to happen seven days a week, amen? And the beautiful thing about that, isn't it interesting that last year when the whole lockdown thing happened, you know, that, well, and it's still happening, across Australia, that there are so many local fellowships that struggled. In fact, many have closed. I heard of one this week that's closed. You know what? Because they won't live in that. If the focus is, is upon one, one man or one woman or one individual, and you're gathering around that person and you focus just on the Sunday only, and you can't gather, then what do you have? You don't have much at all, do you? But if you have a sense of family, if you have a sense, you know what, every single one of us is called to minister, the, minister, the ministry never stops. Even if we couldn't meet in this hall next Sunday, the ministry would never stop. Why? Because you are a minister of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. The ministry never stops. It never stops. And that's what happened in China. You know, decades and decades and decades ago, when the government tried to shut down the church in China, people from the West were going, oh no, what are we going to find when we get back into China? You know what they found? They found a church that had multiplied. They found a church that was bigger. There was, that, there was salvations. There was healings. There was miracles. There was testimonies. Why? Because they understood that we're all called to the ministry. And yes, we need each other. Yes, we need connection. Yes, we need spiritual mums and dads to speak into our life. Yes, 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 yes. But tomorrow, it's you and Jesus. And on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, on the back of last week, I really feel God wants to revisit a couple of things. As we bring this thought into it, the day of the saints. But I want to add another dimension to it. I want to talk about family. And you go, oh, Tim, you're talking about family again? Well, you know what? When, when, the, when the Holy Spirit is breathing on something, you just have to keep speaking on it. And I think and I, and I believe that over the last uh, 20, 27 years of being married and 25 years of having children... that I have learned and I have grown and I continue to grow. My understanding of family, my understanding of parenting, my understanding of all this stuff has continued to grow. It doesn't stop. So I always say it doesn't matter how many times we hear a message about something, 
There's obviously more that God wants us to hear and understand, amen? There's aspects of it that we need to grow in, and I think we all need to. The thing is that it has to be about that. It has to be about people. I remember when we first started Restoration Centre, and God clearly said to me, he said, don't focus on a building, focus on people. That's what he said. He said, trust me, you know, he said, you build people and trust me with the building. And so, you know, at times you go, man, it'd be really nice to have a space where we didn't have to pack up and set up and stuff all the time. But you know what? God knows that. And he says, son, just keep building people. Just keep investing in people. Just keep encouraging people. Just, you know, just focus on people. Because it's really easy in ministry to be task-focused. Isn't it? You've got a job to do, you've got a task to do, and you just get it done. And that's why we can't just talk about the Day of the Saints as ministry, because it's not just about ministry, it's actually about people. Because Jesus came, he loved the world so much that he came and he gave himself for people. He didn't, he didn't give it for tasks, he didn't give it for programs, he didn't give it for ministry, he gave it for, for people. Amen? So we have to make sure that we're not task-focused, that we're people-focused. So we want to champion the Day of the Saints, but we need to also champion family because family is about people. Is there a big amen? I was thinking about this during the week, and I was talking to Katie, and, and she reminded me, she goes, well, that just reminds me of the word that I brought last time I was here. Do you remember, for those that were here, and, and obviously some weren't, she painted a picture that there was a canvas, and God framed it. People remember that? There was a picture, there was a canvas, and God framed it. But every person had a sticky note, and they had to go and put their sticky note on the canvas or on the picture. And what that was representing was that every, everybody was a part of the vision. Everybody had a ministry. Everybody had something to give. It wasn't just my vision or your vision or someone else's vision. It was everybody's vision. And that people had different aspects to give to that vision as part of the whole. And I'm not sure we fully grasp that yet. That every single one that's here today has got something to add to the whole. Is there an amen to that? So as we start this morning, that's just the intro. Although Malcolm told me during the week I've only got half an hour. He said, like yesterday, he said, Tim, you've only got half an hour. He says, then we're just going to get up and start ministering. How long have I had so far? 25 minutes? Crikey's. Let's start this way. If I speak in human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith that, that can move all mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions and all I give over, uh, uh, sorry, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. If you can give everything away that you have, but you have not love, you, you gain nothing. You see, it's not about the task, it's about the people, it's about love. It's so easy to get caught up in doing stuff for Jesus, but we miss the fact that it's about Him and we miss the fact that it's about 
people. People matter to God. Amen? Someone sent me a... So that's why... You know, it's great to be super gifted. It's great to be super anointed. It's great, great to be, you know, in that place. But you know what? God is interested in character. He is absolutely interested in character. How many ministries across the world have been high-powered ministries, if you want to use that terminology, but have fallen? Because God is interested in character. That's why we have the fruit of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. Someone sent me a message during the week and it was this thing and I just, I probably should put it up on the Facebook page and you can just watch it. There's this family that were holidaying in America on July 4. That's their long weekend in America for Independence Day. And Forgive me if you've seen this too, but I hadn't seen it before, so it was, it was a new thing. And I was sitting on my couch yesterday morning watching it, and they were out in the ocean, and they were swimming around. And there was this, and the parents turned back to see their 12-year-old boy face down, floating in the water. They got to their son as quick as they could find, get to him, and he was dead. He was gone. His skin had changed colour. His pupils had fixed. He was just lifeless. There was no pulse. There was nothing. They carry him out of the water, and they put him on the beach. And there was a nurse that came running, and they started CPR on this 12-year-old boy. And in the midst of that, the parents were crying out, Jesus, help, 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 help my boy. Help our son. Please save our son, Lord. Please save our son. Jesus, please save our son. 15, 20 minutes later, nothing. No life. No nothing. They continued, and they continued to pray, and they continued to pump by breaths. And the mother heard this little noise, this little song in the background. And she turned around and it was their daughter. And she sang, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. Pop. There was a pulse. There was a pulse. The ambulance came. They put him in an ambulance. They drove 45 minutes to the hospital. And the first thing the doctor said was, you know, he's not out of the woods yet. This could be a hard road. His body is full of salt water. You know, this could be get worse before it gets better. Within five minutes, he was sitting up in bed. And he said, hey, mum. You see, it's about people. And I can tell you get it because there's a lot of tears right here, right now. It's not about a stage. It's not about lights. It's not, it's not about look what I have done. It is about Jesus and it is about his love and it's about people. And that's why we have to understand that it's not just about the day of the saints, but it's the day of the saints as family. 
because people need family. They need mums and dads. They need grandma and grandpa. They need brothers and sisters. Amen? Spiritually speaking, because there are some people that don't have that in the natural. Some people don't have family that are believers. Some people have come from, you know, broken homes and they need family. The Lord's heart, as mentioned last week, is to bring us, to bring a people together as family. To bring a people who are individual, to bring them together to be a collective people. And that is what we are, but we need a revelation and an understanding of what that is and what it looks like. But you know the thing about family is we celebrate diversity. When we talk about the body of Christ, there is diversity in the body of Christ, amen? Different parts, different functions. You just look at creation. God is not a boring God where everything conforms to the color brown. Just have a look at creation. How many beautiful colors, how beautiful tapestries are there? Travel the different states and travel the different nations and you see it more again and you see it more again. Our God is a creative God and yet somehow, you know what, people want to put themselves in a box or they want to put other people in a box and try to get people to conform to an image. But as part of family, we need to celebrate diversity because we all have different gifts that are meant to work together in the kingdom of God. Amen? The thing about the fivefold that we talk about from time to time about the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher is that they are the representation of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ was the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Is there an amen to that? You see, so what that actually means is that where, that where we've separated one of them out by themselves or whether one of those graces are not in relationship with others, that means we've actually separated Jesus. It was actually never meant to be that way. We need the, the full representation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. We need the heart of the Father. We need the governance. We need that authority that the apostle brings. Amen? We need the prophet who hears from God and speaks, but not just speaks a word for the sake of it, but speaks into people's lives, just as he spoke to the woman at the well of Samaria, uh, at Samaria. We need the prophetic ministry happening. Amen? We need the evangelists. We need those people that are stirring people to go, you know what? There's more people yet that need to be saved. We need people, you know, that are, that are championing that cause, that are championing the heart of Jesus for the lost. We need the pastors. We need those people that are going to put the arms around those people that come in. And we need the teachers. We need the ones that are going to push us into the Word of God so they don't just get airy-fairy. But we have a bit of Word in there. Oh, there's a teacher right there. But they were never meant to be separate. Is there an amen? Because it says in Scripture we need to grow up in all areas, in every aspect. Anyway, getting off track a little bit. So let's go back to 1 Chronicles 12. So for those that were here last week, we read through, well, we skipped through the whole chapter of 1 Chronicles 12. We did kind of skip through it. And the essence of what I was getting at was that there were people from every tribe that defected to David. Amen? And they all had different skills and they all had different gifts. They all had something to contribute, but they were people from different tribes. And what God was saying to us is that, you know, the old language was, I'm looking for my tribe, but actually what we're really doing is, I'm looking for my family. You see, the tribes had different characteristics and so they were separated into that. 
Judah, praise. You know, there was different things. But when they came to David, they were multi-gifted people from multi-different backgrounds coming together to form a people, to form a family. Amen? Are we okay with that? So there was people with different gifts and different backgrounds and different things. They were coming together, and David made them into an army. There were thousands. We're not just talking about one here and two there. It says in verse 24, from the Judites, 6,800. Simeonites, 7,100. Levites, 4,600. Another 3,700 from the Zadokites. The Benjamites, 3,000. Ephraimites, 20,800. Like, we're talking big numbers here. Can you imagine people gathering around David with this kind of numbers to create an army? Woo! There were people coming from everywhere because they saw that this man had a heart after God and that he was going to carry the people forward to the purposes of God. And it was never about David in his eyes. It was always about the Lord. Because he said, I have set the Lord always before me. How good is that? And God is, you know, I think people are looking for shepherds that have a heart after God, that are willing to lead them into the promises of God, not just go on a merry-go-round. We don't want to be hired hands. When trouble comes, we run away. We want to stay in the trench. Amen? Anyway, it says in verse 38 of 1 Chronicles 12, all these warriors lined up in battle formation. Woo! What, what would that have looked like? Thousands upon thousands of people lining up in battle formation. They came to Hebron wholeheartedly determined to make David king over Israel. And you know what? We gather together to encourage one another to make determined in our hearts to make Jesus king. Well, we know he is king, but you know what I mean. That people would know that Jesus is king. We come together, we're wholeheartedly determined to make Jesus king over Australia. Yes? Amen. The rest of Israel was also of one mind to make David king. Now this is where I, so that's where I stopped. And then the Lord was going, no Tim, there's another couple of verses here. They spent three days there eating and drinking with David. For their relatives had provided for them. In addition, their neighbors from as far as way as Issachar, Zebulun, and Naphtali came and brought food on donkeys, camels, mules, and oxen. There was abundant provisions of flour, fig cakes, raisins, wine, and oil, herds, and flocks. Indeed, there was great joy in Israel. There's something in that. You see, they didn't just come together for a purpose of making David king. They started as family. They came together and they broke bread together for three days. They feasted together. What happens when you're around the table with people? Something happens, doesn't that? That's why Jesus would often sit around a table with his disciples and talk. In that setting, there's a transaction that takes place, isn't there? You see, this great, mighty army that took lands, that fought battles, that not only made David king, 
But there was great peace in the land after time. They were a people that loved to feast together. They were a people. They were not just an army. They were a people. They were family. There was great joy. Doesn't this nation need joy? Maybe there's people here today that need joy. I like Rod and Sue when they were sharing yesterday on the marriage thing because they're away this weekend. They said sometimes we just got to laugh. Who likes to laugh? Oh, maybe we should just start laughing right now. <laughs> oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. have to take me as you find me. <laughs> it's good to be transparent, isn't it? This is good, isn't it? That's, Friday nights gets a bit like that sometimes. If you need some joy, come to Friday night prayer. People often end up on the floor in fits of laughter. Oh dear, where was I? Yeah, good. <laughs> This picture of, oh, <laughs> oh dear. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Wendy's gone. <laughs> where's, where's, where's Karen? Is she? <laughs> oh, if, just if Emma was here today, she'd, she'd uh, be in hysterics by now. Oh, anyway, self-control, practicing the, the fruit of self-control. Oh, this picture of David, this picture of David feasting with his, with his mighty men, with the armies, with the families, when they gathered around and they just feasted and there was great joy. Isn't this a picture of the early church? Isn't it? That the Holy Spirit had been poured out and 3,000 people were added to the church that day. And what did they do? They started to break bread in their homes. They started to celebrate. They started to feast together. There was something happening. They were family. And you know, there should be joy in family. There should be excitement in family. There should be hope in family. There should be life in family. This is what we see in the, in the early church. And in fact, it says in Scripture that they were all of one mind and one heart. Wow. Who wants to see that? Like they were all of one mind and one heart. The whole church was gathered together and they were of one heart and one mind. That can only happen when Jesus is truly Lord and King of your life. Because all of a sudden, it ain't about me. And my rights and my wants, it's about Him. And He teaches us to love the way that He loves. Amen. I love the principle. I'm, I'm chuffing along now. I love the principle in Philippians chapter 2. 
And it says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship with the Spirit, if there's any affection and mercy, then make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united in spirit and purpose. How beautiful is that picture? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or or vain conceit, but rather in humility consider others as more important than yourself. How beautiful is that? Everyone should not look out only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. What a beautiful picture of community. What a beautiful picture of family. What a beautiful picture. But it can only happen. It can only happen when we walk in humility in that way. Amen? Because the outworking, the truth is, if you've given your life to Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come. The reality of, the, of what God has done, it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, For the love of Christ compels us, since we have reached this conclusion, that since one died for all, therefore all died. Jesus died for all. And He died so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. Jesus didn't die so we could go on living out the life that we had prior to Christ. Jesus died so that we could be born again and we could live a new life. And the things that we struggled with and the, and the things that were past get washed away because we are made new in Christ. You know, we've seen it. We've seen alcoholics set free. We've seen suicidal people set free. We've seen drug... Um, Uh, People addicted on drugs, set free. We've seen broken hearts healed. We've seen these things. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. From now on then, we we, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we've known Christ this way, yet no longer we know Him in this way. Because if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. You can declare that over your life. The old has gone and the new has come. Amen. And when the enemy tries to come at you, you can declare it not because the old has gone and the new has come. You know, going forward, the love of God and the manifestation of family is key. And it says in Ephesians 4, we've got to keep making every effort. Sometimes we do have to do that, eh? Oh, I sound Queenslanderish now. Hey. That was pretty good, eh? That's not a, that's a Kiwi thing as well. Sorry, that's not just sorry. It's not just a Queenslander thing. It's a Kiwi thing, eh? You, wow, it's, wow. It's just not a Tasmanian thing, okay? It's not a Tasmanian thing. We don't say A. No, we've grown past alphabet. The love of God and the manifestation of family is key. Coupled with the presence and the power of God. That's what this is about. The love of God, family, and the realization that His presence is with us, is in us, and amongst us. His presence is multidimensional. And then we carry His presence. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that sometimes. 
Because sometimes something happens in life and we just revert back to try to do it in our own strength, don't we? Some people at least. Yeah. We need to realize that there is power. We have to remind ourselves that we just want that we don't want to get into being task focused. But it's about people. And last week I spoke briefly about Martha and Mary. When Martha was distracted and she was busy making all these preparations, and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha was trying to get Mary to help her, but Jesus said, No, no. And we always have to remind ourselves to make space in our life for our time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And in the same way, we need to remind ourselves in the busyness of life, we have to take time for each other, for relationship. In closing this morning, the, uh, the Lord has, has, has been asking me this week to highlight this. I'm going to start in Romans 12. But there's a couple other scriptures that I want to read as well before I finish. Let me read a couple of verses uh, first. Uh, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't you love that? Let it be sincere. Detest evil, cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as numbers? No, as brothers and sisters. It's full of family language. House, household, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. Why has the church missed this? Outdo one another in showing honour. I love that bit. Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit as you serve the Lord. Oh, that's why we need to lay hands on each other and pray for each other more. Be stirred up in the things of the Spirit. Amen. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Man, we don't we need to be doing that? Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. It's family. When someone is going through a hard time, you get around them and you encircle them and you put your arms around them and you, and you weep with those who are weeping. And when someone has had a victory, when someone has had a breakthrough, you know what? You rejoice with them because you know what? That what they've been believing for or hoping for has happened and we rejoice. Amen? It's family. Live in harmony with one another. That's the family part. Now let's just go back to the Day of the Saints for a minute before we finish. We read in Romans chapter 12. We're still in the same chapter, but a few verses before. This is what we read. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all parts do not have the same function. Can you say that? All parts do not have the same function. You need to say that again. All parts do not have the same function. Because you know why you need to understand that? Because sometimes we don't understand people. All parts do not have the same function. 
Sometimes we don't understand what they're saying or they're doing. All parts do not have the same function. Sometimes they even like go, oh, let's don't get this person. All parts do not have the same function. That's why we're just repeating that bit. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of one another. That's why if you persecute someone, you are actually persecuting yourself because you're actually members of the same body, the same household. That's why if you speak against your brother or sister, you're actually speaking against Christ because it's his body. We are members of one body together. That's why we have to watch our language. According to the grace given to each one of us. Say each one of us. Guess what? You've been given a portion of grace and you are gifted. If it's prophecy, use it to prophesy. If, if it's service, use it to serve. If it's teaching, use it to teach. If it's encouraging or exhorting, use it to exhort. If it's giving with generosity, I'm oh, sorry, if it's giving, give with generosity. If it's leading, show diligence. And if it's mercy, do it with cheerfulness. Every person has been given a part to play in the body of Christ. Each one. Amen? If we read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, we say to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is, is given for the common good. Each one. Can we say each one? Each one has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To build up. Amen? In Ephesians 4, verse 7, it says it again. Each one has been given a measure of grace. Each one. Are we getting the picture? It, it, it was always meant to be about the saints, the day of the saints, living for Jesus together. It was never about just one, one person ministry. 1 Peter 4, I'm going to read these ones from verse 7. Again, it's a bit of a pattern there. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, Ephesians 4, 7, 1 Peter 4, 7. If you're into numbers, Jason, you're into numbers. PJ, you're into numbers, aren't you? The end of all things, so that's his nickname, PJ. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, oh sorry, above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Keep your love on, people. Keep the love on. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. If Mark Crawford was here, he, he would add something to that. He would say that complaining and grumbling is the language of hell. So you need to partner with the language of heaven, which is thanksgiving. Verse 10, just as, guess. No, that's a good guess. I heard someone say it. Each one, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve other people as good stewards of the varied grace of God. It's not like if you have, 
It is, you have. You have received a measure of grace. You have received a gift. You have received this. You have. Now use it to serve others. With the heart of family. Something happens. Something happens when people start to give to one another. Something happens when people start to serve one another. Something happens when people start to love one another. It is the synergy that I spoke about last week. Because the power of, of many into one is so much greater than each part doing its own thing. I want to encourage you today. Because you know the enemy is trying to steal, kill and destroy lives, families, circumstances. But the Word of God says that the enemy is a deceiver. And he's seeking to divide people as he deceives them. And the Word of God also says that he is a liar. He's seeking, you, he's seeking to stop you from stepping out to be a minister of Jesus Christ. He's lying to you. You can't do that. That's not possible. When you pray for that person, they won't feel anything. When you share with that person, won't mean anything to them. Who says you can prophesy? Who says you can lay hands on the sick and get well? The enemy is a liar. He's an absolute liar. And we have to actually turn that dial off and go, I'm not listening to those lies anymore. I'm actually going to listen to the truth of God's Word. I'm actually going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Is there an amen to that? In Mark 16, we read this. He appeared to the 11... Uh, music team, you want to... You can start coming up. He appeared to the 11 uh, as they were reclining at the table, and He rebuked their unbelief. Sometimes we need a bit of that, don't we? Why aren't you believing? Why aren't we believing? Why don't, why don't we believe? And he rebuked them for their hardness of heart because they did not believe. But he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. Woo! Set people free. In my name they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes. Dave was telling me he was picking up a snake earlier. He had a python in his car or something. If they drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. How many testimonies have we heard throughout Scripture of, you know, of people trying to do stuff to people, but God protected them anyway? They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. So which voice are we going to listen to? Are we going to listen to the, to the liar who says, you don't have a ministry? Leave that to Tim. Leave that to May. Leave that to someone else. Are you going to listen to that voice? Or are you going to listen to God's voice that says, I have anointed you, and I have appointed you, and I have a plan for you, and I have a purpose for you? Are we going to listen to the liar that wants to inject fear into us? Or are we going to listen to the voice of our Father? 
who wants to put hope and love and faith into us. Truth. The battle is won when we step into it together. Not as individuals, but collectively. I remember talking to Guy many years ago because he used to be a rugby player in New Zealand, rugby union. And he, used to, and he told me something which always stayed with me. He says, you know what, when you're in those scrums and the opposition is locked in and they might even look bigger than you, he said, the way you beat them is you lock in harder. You lock in harder and you push together. And you push, and you push, and you push. We need to lock in. We need to lock into each other. We need to lock in as family. We need to lock in to receive the strength and the encouragement and stuff that we need. Amen? Because you know, we, you know what? We are in a battle. But you know what? We're on the offensive, and we're taking ground. We're pushing that scrum out of the ballpark. So today... Today, what is your response going to be? Are you going to stand for Jesus? Are you going to just say, Lord, I know you have more for me, and I want to step into that. I want to be all that you created me to be. I found myself driving in this morning and the Lord reminded me of a word that someone spoke to me about three years ago and I was like, man, I need to give that to God. I was like, God, I want to step into that word. I haven't pursued that. I haven't, put, I, I haven't positioned myself. You know, the way that we grow is we just jump in. And what I mean by that is, if we have a prayer time up here, and I think we should have a great prayer time up here today, for healing, for prophecy, whoop, there goes the microphone, for healing, for prophecy, for breakthrough, for encouragement, for whatever the case is, that if you see Liz up here praying for Pat, sorry, I'm just picking names, and you go, man, I want to step into that, you, you come and stand with her. Isn't that how we grow? We stand with someone that we see that's already doing it because some things are caught, not taught. If you hang around the right people, you, you're going to find that you start to grow. If you, if you hang around people of faith, you hang around people of love, you, you hang around uh, people that actually, you know, are going after these things, you're going to find that you grow. It's, that's why the enemy wants to separate us off. So I want to encourage you as we worship with this song today to respond. You know, we, because there are greater breakthroughs to come. As Liz would say, the best days are ahead. Amen? So, Lord, we want to thank you that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. That you have deposited your spirit in us, guaranteeing our, our future. But it's the same spirit that raised you from the dead, and we want to thank you for that anointing. I want to thank you, God, that each one of us here today is anointed. Everyone who's, given our, uh, everyone who's given their lives to you is anointed. You are anointed and you are appointed for such a time as this. 
So God, we pray, Lord, that you would continue to give us revelation after revelation of family. Lord, that we would love the way that you love. But Lord, we also pray today that you would give us a revelation of the fact that we are all ministers of the good news of Jesus Christ. That we all have a ministry, that we all have a part to play in the kingdom of God. Amen? And that we are all needed for such a time as this. God, would you strip away those things in our lives that need to be stripped away? Would you remove those things that need to be removed in Jesus' name? Whether they're thinking, whether they're thoughts, or whether they're just, we're just time-wasting. We're just time-wasting. God, strip away things that are time-wasters. God, that we would make the most of every opportunity. Amen? Lord, we just give ourselves to you. We give ourselves to you. Have your way in us, Jesus. More. If you need to respond this morning to Jesus, if you want to take another step, if you want to, whatever it is for you today, you need healing, you need encouragement, you need breakthrough, you feel like God is stirring your heart for more, then let's just come up the front and we'll just worship together. And then a whole bunch of people will gather around you and pray for you.